Oh, I had a nightmare. I was in the year 2000 and you guys never existed. I'm so glad I'm awake now and you're really here. Since when do you care about us? We thought you only cared about cans of anchovies and stuffy old songs about the buttocks. No, that's not true. Goodbye. This dream brought to you by Lightspeed Briefs. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. I'm Mike. And today we're talking about season one, episode six, A Fish Full of Dollars. It was, uh, we, this was the first episode of this run that we've, uh, we sat in the same room and took furious notes while watching and there were multiple times where we were both just la- laughing our heads off. It was it was great. And also very weird, very odd, very weird. Yeah, it was a little different. Uh, just a little peek behind the curtain, but usually we watch separately and we take our own notes and then we convene in my living room, uh, which is our makeshift studio, to discuss the episode. Uh, usually I watch on the bus. <laughs> scheduling conflicts uh kind of meant that uh we ended up actually watching the episode together yeah um and yeah i agree it was kind of weird being in the same room because um i i think there are certain times you were laughing and i wasn't and and uh vice versa sure uh then those couple of times where we just looked at each other and just laughed quite a bit some would call it a guffaw some would i wouldn't i might Agree to disagree. Disagree. All right. Let's enough of that. <laughs> let's get into the episode. Sounds good. We start on a cold open where we hear the the neighbors. Uh, the the yeah. Fry is asleep in his apartment or in his and Bender's apartment, and uh, his next door neighbors are making a uh, a lot of noise. Uh, and it sounds a lot like squeaky bed springs. Well, uh, let's just say squeaky springs. Um, I think we all know what that is. That's true. Uh, so so Fry bangs on the wall, says, knock it off, and then it pans over. And what do we see, Ben? Uh, we see two robots playing cards, and uh, their middle sections are just springs, and their bodies are, their, their, their upper torsos, I guess, are just kind of bouncing up and down. And then one of them uh, oils, some oil, yeah. oils his own springs, and he says, sorry. A very good gag. Also sets up exactly where we're gonna lead into in the episode. So yeah, that's true. It's an actual. It's a cold open that just leads right into the actual episode. Yeah, I don't so think we've a, seen that before. No, I I agree. We haven't, and it's 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 nice to have joke that just kind of like gradually builds to where the episode is actually gonna start. So after the cold open, we do go right into the next scene from there, which is. Uh, Fry is back asleep after the neighbors have uh, hopefully finished qu- playing cards. F- sure. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call it from now on. Ben's euphemism corner. <laughs> That's a euphemism in itself. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Well, the hilarity is starting already. 
Oh, he's uh, he's asleep, and um, he's having a uh, pretty pretty typical dream. He's in class for ancient Egyptian algebra, and they're having a test, and they're having a test, and he realizes he is in his underwear, mm-hmm. and also unprepared for this test. It's weird. He's very very studious most of the time. Most of the time. And then it turns into a commercial for Lightspeed brand briefs. Which are these amazing um, like red briefs that also have this the kind of like uh, from a couple episodes when they were talking about rings. Uh-huh. They have that kind of like futuristic look on like the the leg holes. I yeah. I don't know how else to describe that. <laughs> they're futuristic looking underwear, which yeah. is I, I guess the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. So my one of my favorite things is that it it describes if you're at work and he's you know giving a presentation and, and his light speed briefs and and or, nothing but his light nothing speed but briefs and then it cuts to or having fun where he's giving a presentation to a, a beautiful woman in only his light speed briefs. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. <laughs> We're just going to keep entering Ben's euphemism corner, aren't we? <laughs> oh, God. Please do not enter that corner. Thank you. <laughs> oh, we are in a good headspace this week. Uh, yeah. What is it about jokes about underwear that just makes us so... I was hoping a little bit that by the time we got to this point in the podcast, we'd start getting advertisers so we could have like me undies on oh, uh, as an advertiser. Like That, that would have been, been like perfect. Synergy. Just perfect synergy. Oh, yes. Oh, well. What can you do? So, uh, me undies, if you're listening, <laughs> we are interested in some advertisers. Tweet at Back to Futurama. He wakes up uh, with a start from his dream where he is being advertised to. And uh, he's he's a little upset about... Sure. Um, actually, he doesn't know what's going on just yet. Sure. They, and, and I think it's... Uh, I'm maybe jumping a little bit ahead, but they discuss that... I'm jumping ahead. Let's let's keep going with you. Oh, I was just going to say that they explain sort of uh, what's happening. Um, sure. In the year 3000, uh, they just beam advertisements directly into your dreams. Sure. And this kind of leads to a, a kind of a joke where Fry's like, they were never in our dreams. They were on our our TVs and radios and magazines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. On the sides of buses and at baseball sure. games and written in the sky. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I, f- I find that a very interesting kind of statement on the commercialization currently, uh, how we, we currently are commercialized to even in our podcasts. Um, this podcast <laughs> brought to you by noth- nothing yet. Noth- nothing. It, it, please, please. Tweet at back to Futurama if you would like to advertise on the podcast. Uh, no, but seriously, it you know the the kind of statement on the commercialization of everything now, um, and even back then, and back then I mean sixteen years ago, uh, commercialization of everything where everything is an ad. Now you can pull up ads on your phone. So if you've got a you know you know Dude, specific- I can't not pull up ads on my phone. I'm just trying to read an article well, was- and like. <laughs> Five ads pop up that say, "Hey, you want to check this out?" Hey, like I'm in the middle of reading this article. Sure, this this ever this famous celebrity has died or has a weird secret for your wrinkles or whatever. But I'm more talking about like all the different you know brand apps that are basically just an ad, but you wanted to you opted into 
you know, this famous sportswear brand or you, you entered into this shoe brand and you wanted to see all the things that they will, you know, advertise to you. Wait, can we back up for a second? Yeah. Who has secrets for my wrinkles? <laughs> what, the problem is when you click on it, it's going to try to sell you things. But which celebrity? I, I need to know. You just, you click baited me and I I'm did. clicking. <laughs> I am redirecting you to something more useful. Um, uh, what is useful on the internet? I haven't figured it Nothing. out. Nothing. <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah, even then. Burn on Wikipedia. <laughs> we digress. They explained to Fry uh, about how dreams get sent into people's brains when they are asleep through gamma radiation. Mm hmm. Demonstrating it with uh, liquid into uh, an egg that explodes, mm, and they, nobody even seems to notice. Like they, I mean, they notice. They don't seem to mind. They're, yeah, they're they just, just wipe, wipe. They off nonchalantly the... wipe the the yolk off of their faces like nothing yeah. happened. I, I guess that's just what happens when you spend that much time with the professor. Well, there are additional things later on in the episode that explain that as well. Not really explain, but like, um, put shine a light on it on just how the professor reacts to things. Fry gets pretty upset about them beaming dreams into uh, advertisements into his dreams, excuse me. And Bender says, well, it's not like they're forcing you to, uh, to, to buy anything. And Amy says, yeah, and nobody's, uh, no, no, you were right. It was Bender than Amy, but it, they basically what happens is that, they basically talk themselves into going to a department store to go buy right name brands at low low prices. They find themselves at a fancy mall type store. I would say more of a boutique. department store. A, a department store. So like you know a Macy's, okay, something like that. It that's what it seemed like to me. I mean, they have different departments, like the 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 perfume counter where you will you will be sprayed by Calvin Klein's newest fragrance. Um, like ben, it or not like pretty much like it or not uh bender would like not to and then he gets sprayed um but he also fights back by spraying oil on this woman so who really got the last laugh i did as the viewer we did yes we 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 laughed at this and it was very good uh, there are a lot of little jokes here sure that um i i think they're all right i don't know if there's any reason to really go into too many of them i really enjoyed the uh, objects in mirror are less attractive than they appear I think that's the best one of the... That's true. Mm-hmm. When Fry tries on... He, first of all, he tries on... <laughs> yes. He tries on underwear. A, a, a like almost burner pair that is like has holes in it and looks just... A, it's not... It's, it's not, gross. It's gross, but it, it's gross in a way that when you are looking at a pair of underwear that is not stained, but you can tell it's been heavily used. Gross. It's pretty grody. But yeah, he's trying them on, and there's the he looks super sexy and muscular, and and two women in bikinis come up and like put their arms around him, and then he realizes the disclaimer: objects and mirror are less attractive than they appear. It's a very good joke. That is a fantastic joke. Very um, very good. We get kind of a throwaway joke about um, putting makeup on Leela to make her sure. Look yeah, normal it just and, made her look like a clown and. Um, Bender my, steals some stuff. Well, Bender. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, my, uh huh. My another good one that I think is funny is when uh, Fry goes to pay. He pulls out a visa 
and that hasn't existed for hundreds of years. American Express hasn't existed for thousands of years. And then he pulls out a Discover, and they're like, we don't take Discover. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's very funny that two very used brands currently are gone, and yet Discover somehow made that, made it work. We do also, before they leave, uh, we get an introduction to another side character, Mom, Mm -hmm. the world's most huggable industrialist. Yes, yes, she is. Uh, She gives a little spiel about how Mom's old-fashioned robot oil is the best robot oil. I I, I cannot name another robot oil, to be honest. That's fair. Neither can I. The best part of that ad is that at the end, they do give the disclaimer that uh, Love, Screen Door, and Mom are all registered trademarks of Mom Corp. <laughs> yes. Which I think is another great little dig at maybe um, consumerism and advertising and all and of that. Trademarking mm-hmm. and stuff, because those, those things are so ubiquitous, except for maybe Screen Door, that they shouldn't probably be trademarked. But I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Or a trademarker, trademarker. I'm gonna go for, go with it. Why not? Bender gets caught stealing. Oh yes, with the very very many, uh, basically uh-huh. flying robots of, um, that let the store security basically, yeah. which is also interesting. Uh, he gets caught stealing many 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 systems. many cans of oil, and there's some other things in there, um, but it was mostly the oil. Mm-hmm. And he gets arrested, and they go to bail him out. That's right, and they are they they try to count out the I believe eighty dollar fine for attempted uh, stealing. Yeah, only eighty dollars, which and, is uh, pretty small. And the three of of it was Amy, Leela, and Fry try to pull together eighty dollars, which doesn't seem like it would be difficult with when you have Amy and Leela, but they they come up fifty cents short, and mostly because Bender stole Leela's wallet because because Bender. I mean, they do work at a package delivery company. I know, but Amy Wong of the Mars Wongs, which we haven't seen yet, but you and me, we know. Oh, it's true. Uh, So they are 50 cents short, and Fry says, uh, Fry sees his old bank uh, out the window, and he says, hey, I used to have an account there. Maybe it's still open. Mm -hmm. It turns out that they don't have his colonic map on... um on record so they ask him to use a regular style pin pad man i'm unhappy enough with my bank as it is uh, the <laughs> day they start verifying my account with a colonic map i am out it's like hello credit unions apparently that's what it takes to get me to leave my bank so <laughs> you can you can go lower banking industry just saying but don't though but don't uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, so he, they finally get into his account, and it turns out that when he ha- was frozen in two thousand or nineteen ninety nine, he uh, had ninety three cents, which is great because that'll be enough to get uh, Bender out of jail. It turns out through the magic of compound interest that now he has four point three billion dollars. So Fry is rich. I got a little distracted. I admit I was trying to look up just now if the math on that is accurate. Is it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> super interesting tidbit, uh, apparently. Um, but no, I I looked it up on the infosphere.org, which uh, mm-hmm. if you are not familiar with 
It's a great little uh, wiki on Futurama. It very much is. The only thing that I could find on it uh, is it does have this to say. It says, in this episode, we learn that the currency of the year 3000 has not changed since 2000. We often see prices in Futurama, which are normally at the similar levels to nowadays. Thus, either there was no inflation from 2000 to 3000, inflation was eventually reversed, or more likely a new dollar was created. Um so that's really all the info that we've got. It doesn't actually go through and math it out. But, I mean, they, they're pretty smart writers writing this show. So I would assume that uh, affl- inflation point aside, I'd assume it's probably pretty correct. I would assume that as well. If you know what the... Uh, the actual compound interest would be. Yeah, let us tweet know. at Back to Futurama. Because uh, I'd be interested in in finding that out. I imagine it's. I mean, it's it's a four point three billion. It's not like four billion two hundred and twenty five million, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's you've got a little fudge room, if that makes sense. But this means this is why you should be contributing to your Roth IRA or four hundred one k if you have that opportunity. This has been Mike's financial corner. It's better than Ben's euphemism corner. Well, it, one will make sure that you have enough money to live on when you retire. The other one is just fun. I got nothing. <laughs> oh, man, we are pulling out all the stops this week. Fry basically becomes rich. I mean, not basically. Fry literally becomes rich overnight. I mean, he didn't know he was rich, but now he knows he's rich. Right, so he becomes rich overnight, <laughs> and he immediately goes out and buys a retro, original 20th century apartment. Well, there are other things he purchases. They, as soon as he re- re- recognizes he's now rich, they have a big party with champagne and uh, cigars and monocles and top hats. Which is the right way to do that. Oh, no, 100%. If I found out that I was rich tomorrow, oh, I'm not going into work and I'm drinking all the champagne and smoking all the scars and wearing all the top hats, all of them, every last one of them, 15 on my head. I have pretty much the same plan, but only one top hat. But (sighs) see, this is this is why we don't agree on things. But a fleet of blimps. Oh, see, you know, I didn't think of the blimps. I did not. Anyway, my, my the thing I wanted to point out in that scene is that there's a little tiny uh, robot ashtray that just just gets gets right under those ashes just in time, right as they fall, and then tinks, tinkles away. That's a very odd word for that, but just kind of like scuttles away. That's that's a Zoeberg term. Ah, whatever. Go like leaves, and it's just the cutest little like ashtray ever. You overthought the verbiage for that ashtray a it's, little bit. Can you blame me? I'm so yes. excited by the Okay, all right, you're right. <laughs> uh and and then he he buys some some other things uh like um uh massages. Uh Well, yeah, I mean, he does kind of all the the like default like de- I'm rich now, default, like I can do whatever the yeah, hell I want. Default rich things like having a skeet shoot shooting range rented out so he can fire it art as it's being thrown in the air. Which is again a thing that we would all do. Mm-hmm. Agreed. No, I would. T- I would totally not do. I went to school for art. Remember? I well, do that. I'm not okay. Maybe not art, but books. I would definitely be down for some books. Specific books. Which books? Greg Gatsby. I hate Greg Gatsby. <laughs>
Okay. I hate The Great Gatsby. It's I, I just I it just I just don't just never have I've read it like four times every time. It's awful. Why did you read it four times? Well, first my dad made me read it, and then in school, and then I think somebody t- told me, no, 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 no. Now that you have more experience, you can read it, and I'm like, no, this is still terrible. <sighs> Great Gatsby, had damn parties. After all of those initial expenditures, mm-hmm. then he goes out and buys a 20th century apartment. Does he go to the apartment before or after the pizza place? Because the pizza place is actually kind of important. We're getting... We literally just watched this episode. <laughs> we thought this would be good. We thought we would have this on lock. Okay. Well, I don't remember what happens first. So you'll have to excuse us here. Um, let's... I just have fancy pizza written down, so let's talk about. Maybe the, this is my order instead. Let's talk about the pizza first, then, sure. because you're right; it does have an important plot point. Um, he decides to take the whole gang out to a pizza lunch, mm-hmm. sure. Which he'd like the tab to be under fifty million dollars, please. It's a good goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, I often say, hey, just keep it up under a million, guys. Fry orders two pizzas, one with everything but anchovies, and one with his all-time favorite topping, anchovies. Anchovies. Uh, it turns out, uh, first off, he catch it. He uh, blows up the head of the robot waiter because apparently this is a paradox which i don't i'm not necessarily sure if maybe maybe they explode for a lot of different reasons because this didn't seem like a paradox to me i mean we're jumping input we're jumping ahead but malfunctioning eddie uh explodes all the time sure that's true but that's when you get the thunder cuckoo frackenberg (laughs) we are definitely jumping way ahead. ahead okay um so so anchovies are revealed to no longer exist after their extinction in the 2200s. Um, and very quickly, Zoidberg's people are kind of pointed at like, hey, they stopped being, they were extincted around the time your people came, Zoidberg, which he initially denies. No, no, no. Um, and then as soon as Fry discusses anything about anchovies again, Zoidberg breaks down indicating that it was his people that overate them because they just wanted one more wouldn't hurt and then they were all gone. Zoidberg's not good at keeping secrets. No, he's not. But this is also why he's funny. And my favorite character. I mean, I might as well just slide into that, or steer into that skid, shouldn't I? Hey, you know what comes next? Fry buys a freaking 20th century (laughs) apartment. We made it, Ben. We did it. We got to the apartment. So he buys a 20th century apartment, with still with original asbestos, and he fills it with Mm -hmm. a bunch of 20th century stuff. Sure. Um, and, uh, part of that is, um, he's got a, an old, uh, 20th century TV, mm-hmm. super low def, super low def, uh, still one of my favorite jokes, uh, in all of Futurama where Amy says, yeah, on, on that thing, you couldn't even make out my obscene tattoo. And she lifts her, her, uh, sleeve and mm-hmm. it's just this blurry mess sure. and everybody, uh, all, all the characters are just like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah, exactly. And, um, just like a great kind of meta dig. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't work as well now that we're watching on these like high def TVs. I think it makes it better now. How so? Even these high def TVs are not good enough. Well, it's true. I suppose to see the... I suppose now they're pushing like 4K yeah, and see? like in ultra high def. Who knows what it's going to be by 3000? 8K? 8000K? 8000K. I cannot even imagine of that many Ks. It's over 9000. Um, 
but I, I said eight thousand. It's not over nine thousand. Eight thousand is over nine thousand. <laughs> no, it's a weird ass podcast today. I know you're cutting some of this out, but this is going to be weird this for you to be, edit. Oh, oh yeah, I regret my I regret my entire life. <laughs> I up regret to this everything. Um, I did this to me. I did this to me. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the auction where Fry. Uh, to make a long story short, he ends up buying um, basically everything at mm-hmm. the auction. Some some selected notes. Uh, he bought Ted Danson's skeleton. Because he has an idea for a sitcom. Got to be a good one. Uh, he bought Bender, uh, uh, basically a set of Rock'em Sock'em robots, which Bender has abject horror to once he realizes what happens when you win Rock'em Sock'em robots. Wouldn't you? Well, I mean, if I have Rock'em Sock'em weird uh, pale programmers, it's going to be a little weird, yeah. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. Oh, man, I cannot wait to see this. Um, so, yeah, they get uh, Mom and Fry get in a bin- bidding war for the anchovies, the ten of anchovies, because it's the last one in existence. Mm-hmm. And Fry ends up winning it with, what, $50 million? I mean, first he bids $1 jillion. Which everyone gasps, gasps at. And then the auctioneer says, that's not a real number. And everybody gasps at that. And then he finally comes to 50 million, mm-hmm. which everybody gasps at again. So uh, just a gaspy, <laughs> a gaspy crowd. Gaspy crowd. <laughs> Boy, this is this has got some weird words in it today. In Ben's Euphemism Corner. We return back to Fry's apartment where mm-hmm. he is... Uh, he decides to watch a bunch of old VHS tapes. Sure. Until of old shows. Until his friends come in and he indicates that it is time for, uh, to, I don't even remember what he said. It's time to get busy. It's time to get busy. How could I forget such a great line? And he puts on, uh, Sir Mix a lot, which immediately Leo says, there's no time for classical music. Again, it's another, I, I love how much they are just, uh, basically saying, hey, you person at home watching this, everything that you know and love is old. <laughs> it is old and you will become old too. Which also has uh, some weird implications watching it 16 years later because, I mean... Because we got older. Because we got older and we got higher definition TVs. And, and we're now doing a podcast about a television show. And Sir Mix-a-Lot is really only a thing I hear at karaoke. Everybody well, loves doing Sir Mix a lot. I'm just saying you don't have the right Spotify playlists, my friend. I also love that when they decide to leave, um, I never really noticed before, but uh, they say that they are going to a squid fight. Oh, I noted this down as well because I want to see that. I want to see that. That's the story I want to. It's kind of like that uh, that episode of um, How I Met Your Mother where they go to robots versus wrestlers. I don't want to see the main characters. I want to see the robots versus wrestlers. It's like what i want to see i would watch that show exactly make it happen um so yeah so instead of going to the squid fights which is a massive massive bad decision he uh sits down and has a uh with his bucket of kfc uh fossilized kfc and watches more of his shows uh so we we move then to mom's friendly robot company right and this is kind of where we get the plot of the uh, the main plot of the episode um mom Let's us in on a secret about how the 
DNA from the anchovy could be put in, uh, quote, a bunch of third world kids to generate enough oil to lubricate every robot on the planet and essentially put mom out of business. Mm -hmm. Which seems interesting because it must be the cornerstone of that business because it sounds like they have a lot of different divisions. It's true. They, I mean, in the same episode, they do say that they've got fr- uh, mom's friendly uh, security... Old-fashioned old security mm-hmm. surveillance or something, yeah. And uh, in later episodes, uh, she's she's kind of got... Um, She's kind of got a finger in every pie, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. So the fact that you, I mean, I think it's revealed later that she makes robots. Yes. Uh, yeah, she does, actually. So I don't know how that would cause you to no longer be in business, but I'll overlook it. I'm going to allow this. <laughs> I could certainly see a, I mean, like if you have a thing that you always have to sell to robots because they need to have it, like losing that revenue stream makes sense. But putting you out of business, I think you, she may have been overstating it. Uh, to be, uh, I will say that there's so much slapping whenever we see mom and her sons. So much slapping. So here's my question to you. Um as a character, what do you think of Mom uh, and uh, her sons as well, as, as long as we're on the topic? So Mom is cartoonishly evil, mm-hmm. which is great because Futurama is a cartoon. So, you know, it works out fine. Uh, and all I've got from her sons are just doofuses. They're all just dullards. Yeah. One one has ambition, and the rest are, uh, and they're, but they're all dullards. I'm honestly going to say I, I don't really care for mom as a character. Um, I just... Oh, sure. I, don't... I, get, I get a little... I mean, not even as like she's evil and you shouldn't like the evil people. I just mean like I tend to find plots about mom kind of boring. Um, sure. I, I agree. I don't find a lot of her jokes funny. She does have some good ones. Don't get me wrong. But sure. I think they they tend to fail more than they land. Sure. Uh, that's just my two cents. So I was just curious what you what you thought about that. I mean, I can certainly understand that because there's a lot of episodes where mom is the main, like literally the rate the reason a plot is happening. Not like this one where you know she is trying to influence the plot, but more of the spoiler alert uh, episodes later when she's the main plot is around her and another character's love life and i don't those episodes are never the most fun to me speaking of mom's cartoonish super villainy she hatches a plan to get fry's money um and uh, get the anchovies Mm -hmm. in the process well it's it all keys off of the fact that when he put in his pin at because okay backing up this all comes about because they have a tape a video of fry putting in his pin at at the bank earlier and when he puts it when he types in his pen it's like oh this is a how much a, a cheese pizza and a large soda cost at panucci's pizza right so so they now have a plan to bankrupt him so that they he will be forced to sell the anchovies back to them they show up and pretend to be plumbers and drug fry mm-hmm. and then he wakes up in uh, what he believes is the twentieth uh, or the the year two thousand, mm-hmm. um, back at Panucci's Pizza, which um, is very clearly none of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
one like of the, the, one of the henchmen uh, slash mom's sons uh, is wearing a fake mustache, and Fry says, "Hey, when did you grow a must? Uh, did you grow a mustache overnight?" And just and rips, rips it off. It off. Um, the menu literally just says cheese pizza, large soda, anchovies. <laughs> it's and for some reason there is a Nixon campaign poster yes. uh, on the wall. Sure, because. Because in the year 3000, they are very good at knowing what happened in the year 2000. I barely remember what happened in the year 2000. It's true. I have no chance at the year 1000. I'm just saying. But it's very cartoonishly bad. Like, they continually say, it's a thousand uh, years ago or whatever. Like You only dreamed that you were in the year yeah, 3000. There are multiple times where it's like, I was in the future with my friends. Oh, you only dreamed that. It's like... That you were in the year three thousand, uh-huh. having that information that he would not have, and it's another point where I know I know he's coming out of being drugged and like kind of groggy, but Fry's elastic intelligence is getting to me at this point. Like, keep keep the level. I just want you to keep the uh-huh. level wherever it is, wherever you want it to be. Keep it there. Don't like give him you, you super know, strength. You know that's not going to happen. <clears throat> I know it's a sitcom. I understand, but. It frustrates me. It's it's it, it it's never frustrated me before until I was like, I'm going to make a podcast <laughs> about this. I hate the show that I love. I do love this show, but watching the plots basically dictate how smart at, he is. I mean, it's it's looking at it with a critical eye, and that's always going to um, it's always going to affect your view of something. That's true. Um, sometimes for the better, and sometimes for the worst. But mm-hmm. um, well. I still think Zoybird's great, so we're, we're so we're good. status is quo. Status is quo. They also get Pamela Anderson's head to play the part of Pamela Anderson in the year two thousand when she still has a body. Mm-hmm. But um, before the the first movie to be filmed completely in slow mo, Baywatch the movie, which uh-huh. she got an Oscar for, mm-hmm. very important. Didn't they do a Baywatch movie like years after this? I think so. I think I remember that. She clumsily acts her way to ordering a cheese pizza and a large soda. A cheese pizza and a line. Large soda. Large soda. My neighbors are going to wonder what the hell is going on over here. It's reasonable. Sometimes I wonder as well. And then (laughs) we find out that a... Pizza and a large a cheese pizza and a large soda cost ten seventy seven, mm-hmm. which he then announces is the same as his pit number. <laughs> so this whole facade, does, you didn't even need to have the the crappy facade you had. Uh huh. You could it's probably a, just say, "Hey, what's her pin number?" And yeah. he probably would have said it. <laughs> which which raises the question again of how did he have a bank money in his bank account to begin with? I mean, he had like sixty some cents, ninety three, ninety three cents. I have it written down. Sorry. And that's true. He didn't have a lot. No. But is that because he's, you know, because apparently he just gave his pin number out to everybody. That's true. Like everybody who ordered a cheese pizza and a large soda got to know what his (laughs) pin number is. Oh, they knock him back out and uh, drop him off back at his um, outside of his outside his apartment, um, which he has a quick little dream about. Uh, Leela and Bender mm-hmm. um, where he says oh I, I missed you guys and uh, they're like oh we thought you only cared about stuffy old songs about the buttocks <laughs> and then they, they fade away after kind of like this not really disowning him but disowning him in his dream and 
Lila's like, bye. And Bender's, wee. This dream brought to you by Lifespeed Briefs. I, I really like how some of this some of this podcast is just us saying exactly what happened. <laughs> so you get a low rent version of what actually happened, which was very funny. I mean, for those of you who can't afford the like nine dollars a month to stream this from Netflix, you get the free version of us reading it to you. Billy West, we are not. Super are not. Hey, I'm John DiMaggio. I voice Bender on Futurama. Oh, Ben. <laughs> oh, Ben. Oh, he was... The The sad thing is that you were... You, you had this smile on your face. And you were like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Finally. <laughs> I, I apologize to John DiMaggio for that, by the way. <laughs> yes, he's the one that needs to be apologized to more than anyone. Uh, Wow. I wow. Fry runs back to Planet Express and he ex- uh, before he does that, um he he realizes he's been bamboozled um because he's broke now. Um and he says, They must have gotten my secret pin number, ten seventy seven. I guess again, he'll tell anybody his pin number. Exactly. He tells the the repo robot because all of his stuff is now taken from his apartment. Mm-hmm. Then he runs back to Planet Express and explains what happened and Mom shows up dun, dun, dun. and offers to buy the anchovies, which he had conveniently hidden in his sock. Convenient. So, well, because that way they couldn't repossess it. Sure. Like everything it, else it's, he it's, it's very interesting how, again, like he would have the intelligence to keep that on him at all times. I mean, they didn't need his billions, although I'm sure they are happy to have his billions. Exactly. They could have literally just taken the anchovies from his sock. Yeah. If they had just like frisked him a little bit as he was out of oh that we're going back into ben's euphemism corner gross <laughs> uh, sorry sorry everyone uh i am making this one gross uh you can tweet at back to futurama and tell me how gross it was mom offers to buy the anchovies for i don't know did you write down how much no no some, it, it was some, it was a, a large amount of money some big amount of money um small change compared to what they literally just stole from mm-hmm, fry sure. um and he says that he will not sell to mom because he wants to put them on a pizza so he can share the food that he loves with the people he likes to which uh mom kind of reacts incredulously and then uh leaves him to it calling him an idiot i think i, I don't think it, the word is idiot but i don't i don't exactly remember her cadence she leaves, and sure enough, Fry puts uh, anchovies on a pizza mm-hmm. and um, says that this will be the most delicious extinct animal you've ever had, to which Amy says, I don't know. I've had cow. And um, I mean, after building up anchovies for such a long time, everybody takes a bite and immediately spits it out. Immediately. And Fry says, oh, no one likes them at first, but they'll grow on you. I have a feeling, Fry, that they will not. Especially because at that point, Zoidberg walks in and he says, what's that heavenly stench? And he devours the entire Mm -hmm. pizza in the span of about two seconds Mm -hmm. and demands more. And Fry says, there aren't any more and there never will be. And then he freaks out and the episode kind of fades as uh, Zoidberg gets really angry about the lack of anchovies i would be too if i were zoidberg this is the food of his peoples that they just fit, eat, ate all of it 
So that's basically the episode. Uh, so I guess it is time to give this episode a grade. Judgments. Um, Grades. I really liked this episode. Mm-hmm. I really liked this episode. I think there are uh, a lot of great jokes uh, that we we discussed uh, that kind of dig uh, on us, the viewer, for being in this uh, old-timey thing where <laughs> Sir Mix-a-Lot's on the radio. And, and the songs about the buttocks. Songs about the buttocks and uh, <laughs> low-resolution TVs and, and um, you know, all sorts of fun things like that. Uh, the jokes are all really good. Um, even though, like I said, I don't really care for Mom as a character. Um Overall, I think it's pretty good. Um, I'm I'm gonna give it like a, an, an A minus. Okay. Um, there's a lot to love. I don't think it's a perfect episode, uh, but the jokes are all very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think anything less than that would be a disservice. Sure. I'm gonna go a little bit higher and go with an A. I very much enjoy this episode every time it comes up, even with Fry's cartoonish, just incredible, incredible, incredible idiocy in this episode where he's just very focused on listening to sir mix a lot like okay fine you know what you do you fry but it's it just has everything to me that makes kind of a classic futurama episode and it's it's and we've talked about the different plots this isn't one of those plots this this has a through line throughout that isn't nullified at the end everyone has a distinct motive to get to where they are and then ends up where they should be. I think because of that, it makes the, the episode better. Um, plus, again, we've talked about how many great, funny goofs there are in this episode. So I would say yes. I would give it an A. This week, we've got something uh, a little bit new, actually. Um, a new segment. A new segment. We got our first piece of fan mail here at uh, Back to the Futurama. Fan mail. Uh, this one comes from Brian... Uh, Brian says, good news, everyone. Hey, guys, just wanted to say I've been waiting for this podcast for months now. I've been listening to a Simpsons show podcast to help me survive until my favorite Matt Groening show podcast was made. Uh, I think that's pretty great. Like we had, we had people literally waiting for this. I, I'm just glad that we could find the market and then go hit it. Make sure that somebody else would actually care to listen to this at all. Um, Brian goes on to say, I have been a Futurama fan ever since it began to air. My brothers uh, and I used to record episodes on VHS until people stopped using videotapes, um, which I like because I can I can relate to that. I mean, I didn't do it with Futurama, but sure. I definitely remember I had a, a VHS tape sure. that had like five episodes of The Simpsons on it or something. Yeah, and you just watched um, it over and over uh-huh. and over I've again. I've seen the... You- the Mr. Pinchy episode of oh, The sure. Simpsons like a million times yeah. because that's the one that I happened to catch on tape that day. Sure. Um, I, I also really enjoy the fact that the episode also had tapes in it. So even in the year 3000, we're still using these VHS tapes, Brian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm excited to see what you gents do with the show and you have my full support. Thank you for giving me one more thing to listen to during my work week. Uh, Brian, we appreciate the feedback uh, yeah. here on Back to the Futurama. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. Um, we don't know how you found this show, but uh, we do appreciate it. We are and, very glad uh, you did. We are very glad you did. And uh, it's good to know that there are people out there listening and, and enjoying what we're doing. Yeah. So um, uh, along those same lines, if 
like Brian, you would like to get in contact with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tweet at us at Back to Futurama. You know the Twitter. Uh, I know it very well, and I don't know the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian got a hold of us uh, through our email, which is Back to the Futurama Podcast at Gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. We are also now on iTunes, so if you like what you hear, go ahead and uh, open up iTunes, rate us, uh, subscribe to us. Um, tell your friends that uh, you can find this on iTunes. It's, yeah, it's uh, how we get more listeners. Uh, we do not advertise this at all. That is true. We do not, and that's going to do it for us here at Back to the Futurama. I'm Ben. I'm Mike. Goodbye, Goodbye from, from the world, world of tomorrow. tomorrow.